Bienvenido. Bienvenido. Y la Liga. Hier sind deine Aquí están tus conductores. Here are your hosts, Patrick Hello, boys and girls. This is Patrick. That's William over there. Howdy. And welcome to another rendition of the Challengers Podcast, episode 115. We're back after a little mini hiatus slash international mm -hmm. break, which added to more of the hiatus. So, you know, exactly. we're, we're, we're getting right back into it just along with the rest of you guys. Uh, so, uh, we're, we're, we're on our own Nations League. I can't true. tell you what Nations League that is yet, but we're on one. Yeah, we, we have a. We should probably be doing something like with the the Oceana League or, or group or whatever because I mean, uh -huh. it'd, be, it'd be a cinch to make exactly. it well, at least to the qualifying match when you have to go up against whatever that is the third place team and I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll put up a fight against New Zealand. Yeah, for sure. I mean, once they start doing the the like, what is it, the Oaxaca or whatever. The Haka, yeah. The Haka, yeah. Then I'll, then I'll be, uh, then I'll be dead. I think I was, was I just saying a city in Mexico. I think I was trying to say. It. I, <laughs> I think you. I think yeah. <laughs> I've got some drugs on. Which I'm, brain. I'm, which New Zealand is lost to Mexico enough on the international stage with uh, <laughs> okay. soccer. So. See that that's all. That, I was just making that kind of a connection. I think instead of like you know the U.S. beating the Mexican team earlier in the over the weekend mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, I, I, I'm feeling like with Matt with Miazga. Matt Miazga, yeah, with his, that is so beautiful. Uh, best trash talk ever. I think. I mean, just go home. Like, just take the ball yeah. home with you. Just leave. Yeah, exactly. It's done. We're done. I mean, it's it's over. I'm pretty sure that's really how the, the U.S. won. It wasn't because of anything uh -huh. like the goal or anything. No, no. It's because the ref saw that and was like, well, obviously, U.S. is going to win. That's, that's exactly. <laughs> So, you know, because we uh, just kind of missed a lot of matches, conveniently, uh, you know, with, with Tottenham losing and all that stuff, actually, the, the weekend before the international break was, like, terrible for my teams. <laughs> I think uh, I had two losses and one draw, and that draw was good old Borussia Mönchengladbach that should not have drawn that match. Hey, but, you know, that's hey, better than three losses. That's very, very true. You, you, uh, you Cleveland Browns did basically <laughs> that is probably my best start since 2004 that is pretty fair uh oh man it was it was just a rough weekend uh mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah now now that we get to relive all that uh you know those wounds are still fresh in my memory but it's fine but i think uh what we're gonna do to kind of get ourselves back into this and you know kind of get the ball rolling again i that, that's the one thing that I, I really loathe about this uh soccer and everything too is like You just start, you know, getting into the league and everything like that, and then immediately put the brakes on for international break. Every every single time, and especially because we just had the World Cup. At this point, you got to work out something with FIFA to be like, bruh, let's let's just give this like an extra month before you really start doing this." Mm -hmm. And they're only friendlies too. It's not like this even means anything. It's so stupid. Hey, no, no. just wait until uh, the next World Cup in Qatar. Oh gosh, that one's gonna be worse. That I. Uh, that's a whole, that's a subject for another podcast, I think. But I think mm -hmm. what we're going to do instead is uh, talking about the season so far. I mean, Premier League probably the only one with actually you know a good plethora of games comparatively to everybody else. Uh -huh. But uh, I think we'll I think we'll just talk about some of these teams here and uh, you know figure out what's been how how the season's going so far. So I think right now my my biggest question to you is 
What has been the biggest surprise not named Watford in the Premier League? Not named Watford? Oh, yeah, because I knew you were going to, like, it would be too easy if I was like, oh, if, what what team surprises you? I mean, obviously Watford. Like, what? duh. I mean, they're 4-0 okay. right now. All right. Well, do you mean positive or negative surprises? So because let's, there's an obvious let's one say, on the other end. Well, because because the way I posed the question to you off the air was about the dis. We'll go into the disappointment as well. So okay, I mean, so also, this, But here's the thing too, we're talking about English teams to start. So I feel like just the natural progression is to just talk about disappointment and then that's, disappointment. That's actually right? fair. I think mean, that's what we're supposed to do, right? But we'll we'll try to be more American, you know, wide-eyed, you know, hopeful for the future kind of thing. We'll say, who, what's the positive surprise for you? Um, you know, this is kind of a, this is kind of a weak one, I guess, but I am actually, and, and I am actually pleasantly surprised that Chelsea is 4-0 to start the season. Mm, Just because we didn't know, we didn't know how long it would take for Sarri to, you know, integrate his tactics, how long it would take Jorginho to, you know, weave himself in as that deep lying playmaker. And it's not been totally seamless but it's been like 95 percent seamless and that five percent that five percent was like arsenal's comeback and then chelsea was like nah <laughs> but i mean they had a decent slate to start the season where it's at huddersfield hosting arsenal at newcastle hosting burnmouth so that's like a solid mix of games and they've been pretty damn good in all of them you know like they haven't yeah like they haven't exactly lit the world on fire on either end, but they've been very good on both sides of the ball. Jorginho has come as advertised, just playing some fantastic balls. And, uh, you know, Hazard already has two goals and two assists. Pedro has three goals right off the bat, which is like, yeah, yeah, holy yeah. shit. The ageless wonder right there. It's just um, <laughs> seeing Murata get consistent time and while he only has one goal he's you know starting to get in the right positions which was kind of a concern just because he's not he he doesn't match up to the way sorry was playing at napoli the past couple of years so i just really like to see the i really like the way they've started and the way they've kind of bounced back after last season they kind of fell by the wayside a little bit so you're going to have to refresh me uh, or, or inform me here because I'm not too familiar with um, Serie A, but was was Sarri playing a 4-3-3 in Napoli? Yes. Uh, or Okay, so this this is on brand for him to go into this 4-3-3. Thing. It was it, it was absolutely on brand for him to go into it like and like last season you look at their uh 4-3-3 and you look at the players up top and it was uh Insigne Calion and Mertens in the middle. So like mm. you look at you look at Chelsea's setup and Hazard, he's a pretty damn good Lorenzo Insigne equivalent. You know? He's got he's got <laughs> similar <laughs> skill set, you know. Pedro, sure. he's been Pedro, he's been in the Chelsea squad for how long now and he's been producing and he started well, so he's slotted in. And then Marat, like I said, Marata kind of a different player than Mertens in that he is like 12 feet taller and 12 yeah, that, stone that, bigger that, but he's, that, that's he's selling him short doing well yeah exactly literally right 
but then but then you also look at like the midfield and obviously Jorginho stays the same but now he's upgraded uh from Allen who's pretty underrated midfielder in his own right to N'Golo Conte as that like box-to-box destroyer two players in one kind of deal just because he's got such a work rate uh you've got players like uh Kovacic and who can slot into the midfield also just you know whoever he feels like playing in there I still want to see Loftus-Cheek get uh some more sub minutes although he'd probably come in for Jorginho but he's just it's basically like a massively upgraded version of his Napoli squad so Obviously, obviously, it, t- it took time for his tactics to get in there, but I, I had confidence that it would take some time that they would start gelling quickly. I just didn't think it would happen right off the bat. Yeah, and, and it's been really interesting to watch him too. I mean, Kovacic has been a, a surprise to me, not really knowing too much about him either. Um, and then I kind of expected Jorginho to do well just because of the familiarity in the system, but I was wondering how that system would look with this Chelsea squad. And, you know, what we said in the preseason was this should be relatively seamless going from Conte to, to Sari in a sense of, you know, trying to play uh, these, these shorter passing game, a little bit more possession control. Mm-hmm. But, but I feel like this, this game, I mean, Conte tried to stress fluidity, but you could tell last season there were a lot of moments where that just really wasn't happening and they would yeah. get run over by bigger clubs. And they and just right kind of default into a, I don't want to say it necessarily a negative stance because that was just such like a stupid hot button term for them. But they did kind of get lackadaisical in that sense. They didn't show yeah, the same I mean, intensity that brought them the title the season before. Right. And, and you know, I think also, I mean, there, there's a lot of talk about the locker room and, and with ownership uh not not uh having belief in Conte then that translated I mean there was a lot mm-hmm. of talk with, with this club but you know it's been really interesting to watch I think the one thing that I, I would keep an eye on I mean as much as this midfield is doing really well and and you know the two wingers there with Hazard and, and Pedro if we want to call them that is, is trying to see if Morata can keep up because I, I believe in his talent and I think he's a really really good fit but I mean so far it's been it's been fine I mean he's got his one goal but I think you know, if, if I'm looking at a striker here and I want him to be producing the goals here, Marcus Alonso shouldn't be having the same number of goals yeah. and being a better product on, on offense right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the one thing that I would I would probably raise an eyebrow to. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch how this team goes down, does down the line, especially when you start getting injuries, because for the most part right now, I mean, this has been the starting 11. Like, they haven't really changed too much out of it. Like, no. maybe they'll throw in Willian instead or something like that. But for the most part, we've had this uh, group of guys. And so, you know, it, I'll be curious to see what happens midseason when, you know, injuries inevitably strike this team and to see who fills in. Um, but, I mean, you look at who they've got, and, and it's, you know, <laughs> having Olivier Giroud kind of fill in is not a bad thing. You know, mm. I mean, you've got... Uh, uh, players who I would believe in, you know, to, to be able to, to fill in the void. But you know, so far it seems like they're they're producing really well. I mean, expected goals for the team right now is six point six five. They've got ten, so I mean, they're they're doing really well. They're product they're they're producing really well. So I'll be curious to see how this goes. I think the other team that I'm I'm kind of pleasantly surprised in would be Burnmouth. Yeah, uh, six points right now. And, and so here's the thing. I mean, I, I kind of expected Everton with all the money that they threw at the team to, to do better than this. But now we've got this Burnmouth team. You know, they, they had that uh, uh, really, really rough loss uh, um, right at the end to to Chelsea. I mean, 
you're going to meet Chelsea, you know, it, it's, it's inevitable to happen, but I mean, so far it hasn't been bad. So, I mean, they beat Cardiff, that's expected, but I mean, they did so in a, in a dominating fashion, um, ended up pulling out the, the, the from behind win against West Ham, which I thought was good. And then that draw in Everton, which, I mean, that was a, weird batch. <laughs> so the, the thing I love about Burnmouth, and this was the case last season, I believe last season they had the best record in the league or uh, if not best and close to it. I think I mentioned this before in mm-hmm. generating points from behind. They were the comeback Kings yeah. basically. And already this season, I mean, West Ham went up on an Arnautovic penalty. <laughs> and then the second half, mm-hmm. two goals within six minutes, pull out the three points against Everton. Everton went up uh, 2-0 in the second half. Then penalty and Nathan Ake goal within four minutes, and they get the draw. That's like and, – and so you get that kind of intensity where they get to they, – they're the kind of team that does play the whole 90 minutes, you know. They're a very well-organized team. They mesh well together, and how always has them up for a challenge even if they're down – two nil and so that that keeps them in games basically no matter what unless they just come up against like a buzzsaw chelsea squad but to see them you know establish themselves not only in the games that they really should win like the one against cardiff but to go like into west ham and steal three points to get that draw against everton in a really bizarre game that gives me hope for them because for a couple seasons too they've had really weak underlying metrics they've been more of an eye test team but they've always had Mm -hmm. so much like talent there and especially the way they've built on it season after season in the transfer window so seeing them get off to this start is just really encouraging yeah i mean i think the one thing i would really well two things i would really like to see out of them is is better play out of nathan ake on the defensive side um, yeah. cause, cause I think cook, I think cook has been doing well. Steve cook has, has been, uh, uh, performing pretty well, but I mean, having that, uh, a tandem at center back, I mean, ask Jose Mourinho, it'd be really nice to have two center backs that you could really rely on. Mm-hmm. And I think it, as nice as it is to, to be able to reliably come from behind and pull out r- results, how about you just take a lead and keep it. You know? yeah. like, I think that would be pretty good. And, and one way to do that too would to, would be to see more from Joshua King. I mean, I, I yes. think um, you know, he's got the one goal for now, but like, I would like to see a little bit more productivity out of him. I mean, I feel like he and Callum Wilson, uh, Callum Wilson should be able to play off of one another pretty well. And Callum Wilson has, has done great. So, you know, I think if we can get that other part of the, their forwards working, then that four two two is going to look or four four two is going to look really really good. Um, and right now, when you look at their expected goals, they're at seven point six three, and they've only got six goals. So there's a lot of room for improvement with this team mm-hmm. too. I mean, the, the productivity is there. It's just they, they, the the finishing and the results just aren't showing up yet. But I think you know there, there's a lot of positive to take away from this team. And right now, sitting in sixth. You know, there's there's a lot of uh, uh, potential right here to to stick around. Absolutely. I mean, when you're looking at clubs like Everton and Leicester, who are who are right there with them. I mean, I guess we could. Oh, I guess we could talk about Arsenal and Manchester United. But I mean, for the most part, two real contenders mm-hmm. for that sixth spot. Um, you know, I think it would be interesting to see if Bournemouth can keep this going. But I mean, it wouldn't be talking about the Premier League and English football if we wouldn't start talking about some of the negatives here. And so, what team not named West Ham? has been ultimately disappointing for you right now. Uh, again, with these 
bullshit qualifiers, man. Come on. Come on. We, we know that West Ham is the most... I mean, they haven't won a match yet. They spent all that money in the transfer window. I mean, you've got Manuel Pellegrini, who's won this league before, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, at the helm of your squad. I mean, it's pretty obvious that they are the most disappointing, especially at 20. There's no other way around it. So we, we got to, you know, I got to challenge you a little bit more. I mean, oh. otherwise, otherwise we're just sleepwalking into, you know, getting back on our feet here for the recording. Fine, fine. Well, um, you know, I, I will say, I will say not Huddersfield, just to get that out of the way, because yeah, like their goal differential is shit and they're way down there. They also started the season hosting Chelsea and then going to Manchester City. So like yeah, that's I'm, that's I'm, such a rough start. And then to get a draw against Cardiff even at ten men, to get a draw at Goodison Park, like they they they're starting to get their feet under them again. So I'm gonna forgive them for that so instead i'm actually going to look at the two teams above them because Mm, newcastle is uh you know they're also they're also a fellow victim of chelsea but actually i don't know because they're looking at their schedule they faced tottenham (laughs) chelsea and manchester city and lost all of those two to one yeah and then their although their draw was against cardiff which is incredibly disappointing So, uh, by default, does that make it Burnley, I guess? I mean, you look at their results, it's a scoreless draw against Southampton because we all saw that coming. But then they lose to Watford, lose to Fulham 4-2, and then lose to United 2-0. And they've just kind of like... They also uh, crashed out of Europa League against uh, Olympiacos, if I remember right. Which... I mean, well, I, I would expect that Olympiacos is a little bit more uh, uh, seasoned, especially in international mm-hmm. play. We all knew that Burnley wasn't going to do very well in that one, too. And I, I think, personally, that's probably the best thing that could happen. Oh, to absolutely. Because now they can focus on it. I mean, I think we all knew that they were going to take a bit of a hit um, after qualifying for Europa League. I just didn't think it was going to be this big of a I hit. I mean, they're allowing, allowing 18.3 shots per game, which they're, they're always, like, like, they're definitely allowed to, like, seed a bunch of shots per game because that's kind of their mo is to give is to kind of give up a lot of shots but they're going to be blocking a lot of them and they're going to be like from outside the box and whatnot but 18.3 is kind of ridiculous even though even though half of them are from outside the box their expected goals allowed which is 7.3 so far is fifth worst in the league which is not again the metrics are going to like are underrate them a bit but fifth worst in the league is not how they got to where they were last season and on the attack they just aren't meshing at all you know like they've got some decent pieces on the attack by this point that now that they've been able to build up their squad like they've got jack cork in the midfield lennon and goodmanson on the wings chris wood had a decent season last season they're just not producing anything and and against yeah. a really mediocre slate as well. Yeah, and I think the, the biggest disappointing thing too is it seems like Sean Dyche is, is really playing defensively. I mean, you look at the formations they've used so far, 5-4-1 and 4-4-1-1. So, I mean, they've already got this, this counterattacking football mindset. And, like, you know, against Chelsea – or uh, no, that's Newcastle. Oops, where did it, where did it go? Good job. Um, Sorry, yeah. Well, I was going to talk about Newcastle. That's why. Um, well, the four four one one. There we go. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you look like even against Manchester United, like in that match, they they had him on the ropes for a second. There. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I felt like Burnley Burnley had the opportunities, and, and then you know once the the uh, opportunities came in there right before that uh, uh, thirty minute mark, and then Lukaku scores that goal. All of a sudden, the wheels just fall off, and it just you know Manchester United really started to control that match, and, and you know it, it's kind of weird because I feel like they had the opportunity. I mean, the loss to Watford, I think, you know, it, it initially kind of looked disappointing, but we've now seen what Watford is, and so I, I think the, I think the biggest disappointment for me is the burn uh, the Fulham match because I think mm-hmm. that was another one where you know uh, they they had an opportunity. Um, I think Fulham is still kind of a team trying to find their way, but you can see the 25 shots. Like, that's pretty ridiculous. And, that's and you know, even bad. after it, – it's just absurd. And so, like, even after Fulham scored that goal early, I mean, they, they were able to equalize after 10 minutes. And so it's like, okay, now they're finally able to get back in this. But, like, they just allowed Fulham to just run them over with the two Mitrovic goals. And it's like, you know, after that, it, it just seemed like they are kind of chasing the game again. And, and it's – really weird to see because that wasn't necessarily the case last year. I mean, they played more like Bournemouth where they're a scrappier team. I see it felt like they had a better presence in the midfield. So they were able to control the game more. And now they've been just playing so defensively that it's just, it, it feels like, I don't know. I think the international play definitely took a lot out of them. And now that they're done, I think we're, it's good because now we can get back to the type of football they were playing before. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they kind of ease up their schedule a little bit more. They're going to have these scrappier teams and you got Wolf, uh, Wolves coming up next, and then you got Bournemouth. So, like, those will still be some tests, but I think, you know, that those should be better games that, that kind of suit their style a little bit more, especially against Wolves, where, you know, if you're going to play this counterattacking football, Wolves will give you opportunities. I mean, you know, they've been an interesting team to watch so far this year, too. I think we kind of knew that that was going to happen, but it would be really interesting to see if Burnley can bounce back now, because right now it's looking a little scary. And, I mean, I was going to talk about Newcastle for a second, because, you know, I kind of give them a little pass, but you know they they definitely brought the game to Tottenham for a second there and Chelsea for a little bit. They just haven't like, been able to sustain you know, anything. Yeah, and and, and that's that's going to be something to watch. I mean, I think you know you've got a manager who's kind of eyeing you know his the, the the exit there, and and you know it's, it's interesting to see what will happen with this team. Um, but he, but he's also like, it's really weird because on the one hand, it seems like he wants to leave, but on the other, like Rafa's got such a good rapport with the players. I mean, there was the, all the issues with, um, uh, LaSalle and yet you could see after that loss to Manchester city that like, he was still talking to him and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to rally the troops and everything like that. Be like, all right, we'll get back. I mean, it's going to be interesting because they, they play Arsenal next. But I think that'll be a good test for them too, because if they can pull a result there, and I think that'll give them the momentum to kind of be the team that I was expecting them to be. Yeah. Um, because I mean, other than that, I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of been interesting to watch right now. I mean, three point three nine expected goals here, and they've scored three, and, and you know, so they're like they're kind of on par right now. But I know that they can produce better than that, and so it'll be interesting to see if they can get these numbers up too. Um, you know, it's just kind of, it, I don't know. I think once you get a more solidified midfield or, or backfield there too, and, you know, maybe LaSalle just needs that uh, managerial confidence, maybe they can start playing a little bit more effectively. Yeah. I, I basically, I think they should just take a little time because, because Rafa's, Rafa's a 
damn good manager and he'll make sure that they're organized over time. It's just, it's just been hard when they've had so many rough matches and their next one is against Arsenal too, which doesn't help at all. But I don't know. Like my biggest concern is just going to be that Mike Ashley is still doing Mike Ashley things. And that's where the Rafa drama is coming from, because I wouldn't want to manage under Mike Ashley either when he plays around with the pocketbook, like it's nothing and just loosening and tightening it, mainly tightening it at his leisure. So I think, I don't know. That's the biggest thing. If they can hold on to, Benitez, then they'll be okay. But that's no guarantee because Mike Ashley is a fucking prick who doesn't know how to run a club. <laughs> or actually, that's not even it. It's straight up just that he doesn't care. Yeah, he's he's already trying to sell this club, and I think that you know, and that's really. I hope he sells the, the club. I do too, especially for the fans. He's we toyed with that for before, how like, long, and it's just. Yeah. It's frustrating. Newcastle Newcastle deserves better. They really honestly do. Because if you get like a good owner there, that is so much potential for them to like really rocket up the table consistently. But uh, but Mike Ashley, you're going to Mike Ashley. Yep. Yep. He's going to ruin everything. Um, Before you move on to uh, uh, La Liga, do you have any other uh, clubs? Now's your chance to talk about Watford if you want to wax poetic or anything like that. But do you, you want to talk about any other clubs real quick? Um, I mean, what can I say about Watford that hasn't already been said? You know, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. honestly, I'm just, I'm just really, I have no idea how this next month or so is going to go. Like, obviously, I'll, I'll just spend like twenty seconds on Liverpool just. To state the obvious of one, they're number one right now and they're actually playing super well, but they also have an incredibly difficult schedule coming up. Just an absolute gauntlet of games through Premier League and Champions League. And it starts this weekend against Tottenham. If they can survive that, then I will consider them a real threat, especially with Manchester City always looming, you know, and time. It's ticking down until De Bruyne comes back. Chelsea is looking solid, but I, I I rate them as Champions League, but I don't know about title right now, but we'll see. Tottenham's looking solid. You know, it's, it's funny because it's like, other than Watford, it's more or less about what we figured to start. Uh, and yeah, then like a couple sure. other like teams like, <laughs> kind of slipping down but that's just like all right well we'll see where they're at a month and a half from now because that always regresses to the mean for sure i mean and especially because you know with city they should technically be right there at, with an undefeated i mean they got robbed against wolves so like you know mm-hmm. I, they probably should have scored a, a game-winning goal anyway instead of you know drawing there but like you know, on the one hand, they did get robbed. That was such a bogus call for Wolves. But um, on the other, I mean, they're just as good as anybody. I mean, right now, they're, they're producing extremely well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, that's just what we expected out of the team. But also, their defense has held up uh, uh, really well, too, which I, I think, to be honest, I, I'm a little surprised about. I mean, I knew that this team was going to be incredible offensively. But, like, the fact that we've actually gotten some decent defensive play from, like, 
John Stones. <laughs> like that's, that's kind of yeah, weird. That's, I don't know. Saying something, man. Like he's not. He, he's still. Uh, he's still mediocre, but like the fact that they've actually gotten anything. But you know what? Of, he's better than Oda Mendy. That's factually correct. Yeah. If you want, if you want, let's set, if you want a statement where we're setting the bar as low as possible, that's yeah. that's how you do it right there. <laughs> I think that's a good way to close out the Premier League if I ever heard one. At least there's no Oda Mendy. Um, yeah, let's jump on to La Liga now because I mean. This has been a league that we, we kind of picked up, uh, um, you know, because obviously there's only so much we can torture ourselves with MLS. And, and you know, especially with, with the changes that have happened in this league and, and now, you know, especially this uh, offseason with uh, Real Madrid losing Cristiano Ronaldo, we're kind of curious about what's going to happen. Well, I think we've got our answer after three games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, apparently it's it's – I know it's supposed to be a, a Gareth Bale team, but apparently it's Benzema's team. Who knew? Who knew Who that all knew? we needed was Kareem Benzema? Just what everyone <laughs> wanted. Ugh, seriously. I know. I can't believe that it's come to this. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, uh, you know, looking at the, the table so far, um, so we can do the same thing that we did with uh, uh, the Premier League. But it, which team is kind of... Uh, We'll, we'll we'll go bad first. Which which team has been disappointing? Man, I was queuing up for that. We can end on that. Oh, I will see. Uh, but I figured we got to end on the. Happy okay, day. we were just. I I get it. We got to end on the sad note for the. We got to end on the cloudy note for the Brits, you know, because it's what they're oh, yeah, used yeah, to. Yeah, obviously. And the Welsh. Absolutely. And the Welsh. And, and the Welsh, true. Because, but hey, to be fair, Cardiff already doing better than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They might not be Derby, you know. It might not. Be it might not. But uh, I don't know. So for disappointing teams, I mean, the obvious one to start would be Villarreal. I would say. Oh, interesting. I was I was ready to for uh, Atletico at this point. Atletico right. Atletico is an interesting one. Uh, the, I guess you can let me talk about my team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, yeah. we'll we'll get to that. Their their schedule has been interesting though. Uh, but yeah. Villarreal, I mean, kind of, it's part of just like, actually, it's not even just like, actually, a lot of it is just stuff not going their way because their expected points right now puts them uh, just on the cusp of Europa League. But like, yeah, they put on like they couldn't get the win against Real Sociedad to start their season. Expected goals were in their favor, but Sociedad. You know they still they still played a pretty solid game I think and Villarreal just kind of came out a little flat. You get the draw against Sevilla, even though Sevilla dominated expected goals, and then losing at home to Girona, who uh, was not super hot to start the season. You know they Girona drew with Valladolid, and then got uh, the honor of getting beat up by Real Madrid. So letting Girona get that win out of, to get their, you know, account started basically, it's not very impressive. Villarreal, I understand it because they've had a really weird transfer window where they've had a low-key big amount of turnover, so they need to take time to get everyone to gel and whatnot. But still, this was a pretty easy – well, I wouldn't say easy, but it's a 
all three games are very winnable to start the season. So the fact that they're yeah. 0-1-2 right now and just kind of looking a little iffy on both sides as well, not like horrible, but kind of iffy, gives me a little bit of pause. Even though I think from like from here on out, they should be doing better, especially since uh, their next match is Leganes. So like that's a slump buster right there. But if if yeah. they if they end up losing at uh, Leganes, then I'll start getting a little more worried. Not to be over yeah, I mean, theater, but no. But I mean Leganes expected goals allowed right now is six point four six. So like <laughs> that that definitely should be a slump mm-hmm. buster for these guys. And I mean especially because it's going to be interesting with the Europa and then they have to play Rangers uh, in between the the Leganes and Valencia match. Stevie G. I mean, hey, <laughs> that's, that's going to be an interesting. Sure will be. But yeah, I, I'm, it, it's kind of weird because, I mean, looking at their, their how they're they're setting up right now so far, too, um, I don't know. Maybe this isn't the best kind of formation for a combi right now. I mean, yeah. you know, he hasn't really produced very well. Um, I wonder if it's just taking him a little bit to, to get used to the league or something like that. But, I mean, right now, you know, we're looking at it and, like, you know he's gotten 2.7 shots per game, so like he's got the the opportunities. I mean that's the second most in the on the team right now. Um, but like you know the the way that they've been setting up so far, I mean it looks like they've been trying to control the match with short passes. But like I feel like what would really help to Villarreal in the past was being able to play this fast up tempo football, and mm-hmm. we haven't really seen that. And I'm, I'm wondering if you know a lot of it has to do with playing this four one two one two like this four four two diamond. That that apparently you know is what they're going for this year. I mean, I, I don't know if they would be necessarily set up that way. I mean, the the team that I remember was playing the flat four four two and you know p- playing with pace and, and getting yeah. some good wing play. And instead, they've been trying to play a little bit centrally, and it, it which I get it I because of their really, personnel. Because you look at like who's in the diamond. They've got Cazorla, Trigueros, Fornals. Like those are definitely some playmakers that they've got there, and that definitely not guys who they want drifting out sort of wings exactly but it really it's it's one of those where it's looked way better on paper than it has in practice yeah well i think especially because you you know with the with those names i i think they could play better off of one another but as a result i mean i think if, if you're able to kind of spread out the field a little bit more and and i think they can also be a little bit more interchangeable mm-hmm. right like i think if they play more fluid and they're not um uh restricted to their particular part of the field, you know, so you have Cazorla playing off of Trigueros, for example, I think, or like Fornals, I think that would probably help them out if you just kind of give them a little bit more liberty and stuff, because they're all great cre- uh, creative playmakers, as you said, but, you know, right now, they, they, I feel like they, they've been kind of constrained a little bit. Yeah. So when you're forcing them to, to not play wide and not, you know, open up the field a little bit more, you're making it really easy to defend against, because now you, you just funnel them into your your uh, uh, central defensive midfielder and, and it's call it a night exactly. Know? But uh, we'll see if they we'll see if they're able to turn that around. I mean, <laughs> to me, you know, I think that's that's been a disappointment. Obviously, Atletico Madrid is is a big disappointment for me too. At, at, even though they're sitting there at thirteen, I think that the biggest thing. Well, I mean, can we say thirteen? Everybody's got four. Points. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's parody. I think. I think. I think it's that, but I think I think what disappoints me is they've got two point three nine expected goals per game right now, and, and that's not what this team needs to be doing right now. When you're looking at even Real Madrid at seven point five seven, I mean you're looking at a lot of these other 
clubs that are up there, and you know they're getting about five or six expected goals per game. And, and, you know, this team was supposed to have picked up the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they've always been a great defensive team, but, like, this was supposed to be it, where they're supposed to have this great tandem between Diego Costa and Antoine Griezmann. Um, you know, you're supposed to have, like, Niguez playing off of, you know, uh, uh, helping control things in the middle mm-hmm. to get all these creative playmakers. And I haven't seen any of that stuff. And, and you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, Griezmann's got his one goal and his assist, but, like, you know, we haven't seen anything. I mean, Diego Costa hasn't done shit. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, that was that was the big talk was because, you know, previously you just had, uh, um, you know, basically the same type of player, you know, whoever Griezmann paired up with on the field. And so, you know, even Fernando Torres was kind of like, all right, I mean, that's fine, but he's not really that like, you know, play the, the ball to his feet and then, you know, turn around mm-hmm. and kind of distribute or, or score. And so you have Diego Costa back, you figure, okay, good, because now you get the speedy guy, now you got that, that you know, bulky, tough guy who can kind of take control of the inside of the box and set things up for Griezmann. And we haven't seen any of that no. really, really effective. So I, it, it's really concerning me, to me because I feel like this is a club that, you know, if you're going to try to play this defensive football and then just uh, attack when you start getting the, the uh, possession, then it, right now I feel like they've just been caught out. And so I'm not sure if I – I mean – they just lost to Celta Vigo for Christ's sake, which that's a that's something we can talk about in a second. But you know, right now they just look unimpressive, and and you know, and they've I'm, struggled I'm with that a little bit in the past, where they've kind of like weirdly struggled for chemistry at times, where they've just they've looked like a good collection of players that just like has like. Obviously, defensively, they hold up, but when they get the ball, they're not exactly sure what to do with it. And then if their defense has a lapse like they kind of did in the, uh, if I remember right, in the opener against Girona last season, then they just kind of look really distinctly average, even though I know part of that is kind of just like the eye test playing tricks on you because they don't look like fucking Barcelona. But they have struggled in the past with that kind of, inconsistency and even though they got rid of kevin gamero who was a giant culprit of that now they have diego costa who we can scapegoat for that exactly yeah yeah i mean so here's the thing and i don't want to spend too much time on it because we're already you know 40 minutes mm-hmm. in and we got another lead to get to but you know it, it, is it time for diego Simeone to go is it like is he just running out of ideas at this point that's a really tough question that answer man i mean I think, I think part, I think, every time so i'm feeling like that's part of it. <laughs> it it might come down to how they do in champions league i think i think that's probably like obviously la liga is one thing and we'll see they generally tend to just like slowly rise to the top over the first half of the season so like that's that's one thing but depending on uh champions league this season it's going to be really i think it's going to be a huge barometer for where exactly this team is at especially since their group has monaco bruges and dortmund which is like you know that's that's a group that they should be dominating in my opinion well yeah well and and you know i watched uh um monaco against um bordeaux and against marseille and like 
there were some really good glimpses. I mean, it you know there were some impressive plays out of Monaco, and then there were some really boneheaded plays. And like they, it's it's just that clear that Monaco. It's it's very clear from the eye test that Monaco is a team that has a lot of talent, but they've also had a lot of talent that's been sold over the past few years. Yeah, they got posted. And they're, and they're yeah. still, and at this point, especially now that like Fabinho's gone, um, what's his face? Uh, went to Wolves. Uh, what's his face? He went, a midfielder, uh, Moutinho. Moutinho went to Wolves. Oh, yeah. So now they've got like the, like the core of their midfield is gone too. Uh, Lamar went to Atletico Madrid. So like all the remnants of their spending sprees from a couple seasons ago is gone now. And now they're trying to, they're basically in that reloading phase. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, if anything, I feel like, you know, Atletico can, can maybe get second in there because Borussia Dortmund's a pretty solid team too. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, a little concerning, but that's also probably because I, I support this team and so I'm mm-hmm. kind of watching them. So, I mean, going to something a little bit more positive, though, um, which team has impressed you the most out of all of these four-point teams? All right. Um, well, I'm going to give a couple quick shout-outs before I move on to the main one and the obvious one. Well, I like that. I like that. I like that. A lot of runners. Uh, up. Like so the one runner up, I would like. To, I would just like to say that I am glad to see Levante kind of carry their progress over. I wrote my yeah, article about them, I, but oh, were you going to talk about them? No, no. I mean, well, I mean, I, I was going to talk about it. Okay. Well, I I can just touch on them real quick. Uh, they dominated Batiste at the Benito Via Marine on both sides of the ball. I mean, they defended beautifully. They lethal on the counter. Jose Morales is a fucking stud. Uh, they lost at home to Celta Vigo, but Celta Vigo is hot as hell, which I'll get to in a second. And then a home draw 2-2 against Valencia to be able to hold on like that against one of the better teams. You know, we wanted to see them carry over their gains from last season's insane hot streak and starting out with four points against a pretty tough slate about as tough a slate as you can get without playing one of the top two teams that i mean that's pretty encouraging uh i want to give a shout out to huesca because uh first off winning at uh iperua in their first la liga match is no easy feat so that's absolutely huge uh, I can't blame them for the Barcelona loss because it's against Barcelona. Nah. It was at Camp No, yeah. and they kept it close early on. They kept it respectable early on before Barcelona yeah, just turned on the afterburners. And then uh, the 2-2 draw against Athletic Club was just crazy because they were down 2-0 too, and it was yeah. away from yeah. home. They've started all three of these matches away from home, by the way. So they're on the fucking road trip to start their La Liga season and to come back from 2-0 down, including probably, like, honestly, probably, if not a goal of the season, if not the goal of the season, then a goal of the season finalist. That strike from Ezekiel Avila doing his best, like Dele Ali, that was fucking mind-blowing. Oh, my gosh. That needs to be. How did I put that on top of our uh, 
uh, website. Did I do uh, that? You need to. But not I you need to. Right because yeah. it was a gem. And just seeing Huesca come out with the guts that they have uh, in three away matches, in three very tough environments to play in, it gives me hope for them, you know? But the big one, the one we all knew was coming, Kelsa Vigo is in third right now. Uh, and we didn't see it coming after the home draw against Espanyol, but then going ahead and beating Levante, who's kind of on a high still, and then co- hosting Atletico Madrid and in a knockdown drag out match where they're both of their expected goals combined to like one, you know, they they did pretty damn well for themselves. They got. Getting racking up two goals on Atletico Madrid is tough for literally any team in the world. So for Celta Vigo to come out and do that was really nice. I was, you know, we weren't sure how they were going to do going into the season. They were one of like the riddles wrapped in mysteries inside Enigmas because they've got so <laughs> much talent. Like that top, that front three of Pion Sisto. Iago Aspas and Maxi Gomez is so insanely talented, but they had so many questions behind them. So to see them come out with swagger in this 3-4-3 too, after selling off players like, uh, I know Johnny left, Daniel Voss left, just a couple off the top of my head, to see them deal with that turnover and to come out just firing on all cylinders – that's really, really good to see. And, you know, I don't know how they'll keep it up. And I especially don't know how they'll keep it up next season because Maxi Gomez is looking for a fucking huge transfer if he keeps his form up. He's already got two goals. He's got two goals, two assists in three matches. Like, come on. And he was and he was hot yeah, he- last season too. But this is this is a sneaky talented team that you know, if they can stay consistent, which has been the uh, issue with them for a while, they're going to yeah. they're going to sneak up on people as one of those like Europa League contenders that we see every season. Yeah, I mean they're they're a relatively young team too. I mean there are a couple old guys in there like Aspas too. I mean Mayo is is twenty seven. Um, uh, Aspas is just that like talismanic player who just like performs so well. He's the guy who like whenever he goes anywhere else, he's not gonna perform as well. But when he comes back home, he just fucking lights it up. He's like Joaquin for Batiste. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, Sisto is twenty three. Gomez is Maxi Gomez is twenty two. So I mean, already producing really well. The, the one thing I would be really concerned about though is, is the fact that the only goals and assists that they've got have come from their front three. So yeah. like you, you're not really seeing a lot from, from the midfield. I mean, Beltran's not really doing much, uh, you know, Mayo's whatever, um, same thing with, um, uh, junior Alonso. So like, I, I would like to see a little bit more productivity out of their midfield. I mean, I think, you know, it, I get it because this is your, you know, you brought these guys on because they're, they, they got to play interchangeably with one another. But I mean, I think getting some more people involved on offense is going to be much more important if they, if these guys want to stay up top, like they have been, I mean, they produced really well. Um, you know, I think the, the, the wins against Levante is fair. I mean, the draw against Espanol was whatever. And they, and beating Atletico Madrid, I mean, 
based off of the form that Atleti is in right now, then yeah, you should you should have, and especially because they had that red card and everything too. So like, they're, they're doing what's expected of them. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see how they do against Girona. They're going to play Real Valladolid, so I I, I think it's going to be a couple weeks until we can really see a test from these guys. I mean, maybe you well, know, not really Valencia. I mean, I'm thinking like October is when we're going to see something uh, when they play Sevilla and they have to travel for that one. I don't know. I away at Valencia be could be an interesting one too, just because both teams, like both teams, are in interesting spots right now. So, and that's a couple match days away too. And because Valencia needs to turn this ship around, because exactly. right now a draw, loss, draw, exactly, it's pretty rough. You know, losing to Espanol is just like what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that you know, there's a lot of positives. But it's just, it's so crazy right now with how many teams have four points that it's like, it's really hard to it's pin so down, hard to judge. you know, like success for the one. Um, but I will say, and, and it, I feel weird saying it because, you know, we're, we're, we're typically trying to give these other teams credit, you know, instead of just focusing on the big teams. But I kind of have to talk about Real Madrid just for a hot second before we final sure. uh, finish with the Bundesliga because... I mean, you know, there were a lot of question marks about how this team was going to shape up when, with the departure of Cristiano Ronaldo. And we looked at it, and they're sticking with the four-three-three for the most part. And like having a healthy Benzema back has been huge. But like, you watch this team, and and I mean, they're playing really fluid football, and and they're just cr- crushing these matches. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think I think watching the the dominance out of Barcelona is expected. But when we watch a team like Real Madrid too, I mean, they've gotten productivity at it everybody yeah. I, I think it's really crazy to, to look at this team and, and try to pick out like the weak spot out of this i mean i, I think every t- player on this team has, has been producing really well i mean even kaylor navas had like a moment there where i was like huh he actually doesn't look like a complete waste at, at, in the back there how amazing and, and you know also i would they, like to point out just real quick, not to step on you real quick, but I know I'm, I know oh, no, I mentioned no. this going into the season. Seeing Danny Ceballos get time makes me so happy because if he yeah, gets proper yeah. time and he gets integrated into the squad, and you stick him next to Cruz and Isco, that's such a filthy goddamn midfield right there. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, I, I understand. You know, a lot of it was was letting Modric kind of rest up after uh, the, the World Cup and everything. So, it's, But it's, even then, you, you need, know, that, that, that's you need that depth if you're going to try and make the normal run at a treble. Well, and I, and I think that's my point, too, is, is the fact that, you know, it, it's pretty obvious that eventually Courtois and Modric and, you know, all these players are going to, you know, once they're, they're fully back in form, which, you know, thank God we've had this international break just to mm-hmm. ruin that. But you know, when, once these guys come back, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see these guys start to you know get back in that form. But when you're talking about Champions League and Copa del Rey and all this stuff, being able to to put a player in that's reliable like Danny Ceballos is, is going to be clutch. And I think it's it's really nice that they have that ability to just say, oh, we can throw in a Lucas Vasquez, and we're you know it's not going to completely shit the bed, or you know. It, it, putting a Sabias in there. I mean, I, I think it's nice that they had that that depth because I think that was one of the biggest things that we had, um, you know, a couple seasons ago, especially when Barcelona was looking older and 
Because Real like Madrid just like, constantly looked fresh, and sp- even with the injury bugs that bit them, there was always guys stepping in and making impacts. Yeah, and, and, and it looks like that just happened again. I, I, and like I said, I think the biggest thing for me, too, is the fact that Benzema ba- being back um, has helped out tremendously. And so I know this was supposed to be Gareth Bale's team or whatever, but it's like, I don't know, man. Benzema looks good. I, I think I think all of them can exist. And, and I think I, this has always been my complaint. I mean, it's like my, my thing about LeBron and everything, too. It's clear that they're one of the best players in the world. Same thing with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. But, like, sometimes they can just suck all the energy out of a room and, like, make it really, really narrow, like, or, or the, the, the scope of victory really narrow. And, and right now you've got the opportunity where everybody kind of, I don't know, it, it's one of those, like, the X left you, and now you're kind of like, okay, well, you know, get back out there again, you know, and try to try to flex your muscle again, see what see what you can mm-hmm. do, and like, there's a little bit more freedom with these guys, I think, you know, I mean, I feel like they don't have to feed somebody's ego for an entire match, and in constantly feed him the ball, and now they they have opportunities to create on their own, and I think it's it's kind of opened things up a, a lot for the team. It's it's tough to talk about a a. a your rival across the city like that. <laughs> I'm I'm but, glad um, you could I'm glad you could work it up then. You know, I, I mean look man, I, I'm I'm not that shallow. I can I can give credit where credit's due. I mean it also helps when you throw a shit ton of money at it. Right? <laughs> I mean, that helps too. You got expectations. Um all right. Well you know I think that's that should be where we end it now before I you know because I'm about to vomit for talking good about, about Real Madrid. But I think uh, going to the Bundesliga is going to be quite a feat. I mean, we've only got two two matches to talk about here, too, which I think is the other reason why I was like leaving it for last because it's really tough to pick out what's going on this season. But I mean, I think you can kind of look at a couple of teams and, and say, "Oh, yeah, this is uh, looking really peculiar," or "Hey, they're performing a lot better." Mm-hmm. Um, well, you want to do the same thing? You want to start with some Schadenfreude first, and then sure, sure. <laughs> going also, to, if you, I don't know if you wanted to touch on Serie A at some point, but. Eh. Yeah, we can we can throw them a bone if we want. I don't know I mean, if there's really that much to discuss with them though. So yeah, well, there's some. Cr- I mean, you want to talk about them before we talk about the Bundesliga? Uh, either way, I mean, there's it. There's not. There's I mean, not a right. whole lot really. Just a couple. Yeah, I mean, happy teams. They've got their three matches and everything. I mean, Sassuolo is apparently Sassuolo something. I mean, they got the. I mean. They got the win over Inter. That's what matters. That's all. Oh, that's all. They got the they got the win over Inter to keep the streak going. They got to draw away to Cagliari and then five three win at Genoa. Like that's kind of a fucking amazing start to the season. Now they get to go to Juventus. So uh, it was fun while it lasted. (laughs) Exactly. You have to don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. I, I, I we don't have to do the uh, uh, surprise and negative thing here. Because, Just I mean, any notable though, teams, um, yeah. Even though Spall is fuck yeah. Well, Spall Spall had a couple. They they beat uh, Bologna and Parma to start the season, then lost uh, to Torino. Yeah, which, so it's which, like which, I don't know. I'm I'm happy. They're gonna, I'm, that, that, I'm happy they're up there though because I I picked them to stay up because I think they've done some decent business i liked seeing them stay out last season in their return so yeah uh the other one I, no go ahead no 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 go, go i just wanted to the other 
one I wanted to point out, uh, actually a couple I wanted to point out. Uh, so far, Fiorentina's expected goals allowed is 0.8. Now, they've only played two yeah. matches, <laughs> and they're against Kievo and Udinese, but 0.8 is very good for expected yeah. goals allowed. Uh, the other thing is that second in the league in expected goals is Atalanta, who are just mm-hmm. such a fun team. And, I mean, they did lose to Cagliari recently because Cagliari is my dark horse pick. Fuck yeah, Nicola Morella. But they came out <laughs> of the season dominating Frosinone. And then they had maybe, like, the funnest match of august when they got that 3-3 draw against roma i mean that was just i mean it it sucked that roma came back to draw it up but that was just such a fun match to watch all around it was like it was also right after Maurizio sorry was talking about like how big a 2-0 lead is in italy compared to uh in england and then suddenly every italian team was like all right we'll take that challenge and started just <laughs> shitting on leads all over the place. But Adelance is just such a fun team. Also, by the way, that match had 48 shots. Which is just, Oh, it was so silly. I, that was one of the things we were going to, I was going to talk about uh, if we, you know, we, we got back on the air in time. And I mean, it, it was so ridiculous. Like we're sitting there watching these like dreadful um, uh, Premier League games. And it's like, oh, by the way, <laughs> look what's happening over uh, in, in Italy right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, totally bonkers. Uh-huh. Um, I, th- I think that's the one thing that I was going to talk about with Serie A is like instead of doing the, the surprise mm-hmm. and, and disappointment, it, it's kind of just since this is our first year really talking about Serie A, um, you know, I've caught a couple of matches, especially because of being sport and everything here in the States. And I mean, I got to say, I'm, I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised with, with the, the play of football, too. I mean... I've also like caught some really insane games too. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if they're all like this, but I mean, there've been a lot of instances like watching AC Milan Roma, like that was a hell of a good match and like the Sassuolo Genoa game was was pretty silly. There's so um, many like even quality teams <laughs> even going down into like the mid table. And then even just like going below that, you have like Spall and Cagliari that are just these like low key interesting teams. And seeing them start and seeing like a lot of these teams play pretty positive football, even against a bigger club or something, is re- you know, a a club not named Juventus, I guess, is just sure, really sure, is sure. just really encouraging. And I think it's a it's great for uh you know because they just got the tv deal with espn plus too not to like play that up as a big thing but like if that's their first like really legit deal on american soil where they're actually like getting some decent airplay that's the way to introduce it you know yeah i don't know why i said being supported CSPN plus but i i think you know that that's been a, a a pretty fortunate for espn too i mean you know, you've got a lot of teams that are kind of floating around there, and even in mid-table and in Roma right now as well. Like because of that one loss, they're kind of just you know going to be interesting to see because AC Milan just had a really bizarre. I mean, besides they, they, you know the, that match against Napoli and then playing Roma, it's like oh that's crushing because mm-hmm. I know Milan's like you know trying to work their way back up, but 
you know, I, I think it's it's going to be interesting to watch this league too, because I think a lot of the it's going to be a lot of rock paper scissors with this league. I mean, Juventus is basically the nuclear bomb, but like you know, everybody else, it, it, there's a lot of teams that can just match up better against some and and not so great against others, and so it's you, know, you got a, a big difference in style mm-hmm. too, which I think is I, I've been, I've been appreciating so far for sure. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I still don't know what team I'd be really pulling for, though. There's just a lot of interesting teams. So, like, you know, you don't have to figure it out right away. I took two seasons to figure out my La Liga team. So, yeah, yeah, there's no pressure on that. I don't think. But uh, was there anybody else you wanted to mention? In, Not really. In okay. Yeah, all right. Well, good. Then we can go talk about the Bundesliga. Alrighty. Um, so, so, uh, hey, I don't know if you noticed. I mean, I know this is only two games a season, so you really can't draw much from this. But, I mean, Wolfsburg is kind of second place right now. And I didn't know, know, I didn't, crazy thing I didn't know if you noticed. You know what the crazy thing is? They've beaten what two very good teams to get there. They have they beaten Schalke two at home. There. And uh, they, I guess they squeaked by Leverkusen away, 3-1. to one, Yeah, I mean, romping it's a effort. Cool. But, you know, it's a, just... We don't have to talk about it. it. At least it was a good moral victory for Bayer Leverkusen, right? I mean, even though... It, um, no, maybe not. I, no. I mean, I appreciate yeah, the effort, but no. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been kind of surprised about uh, uh, Wolfsburg right now. And, and look, I, I shouldn't be because I picked them to do relatively well, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I... I Kind of was a believer if we look at the predictions. Of, I I put them in ninth. I feel like that's that's pretty good. But I mean, right now so far, you know, you, you're looking at how this team is setting up the the four three three. They've been playing this pretty good fluid football. I mean, they've gotten some pretty good play out of, uh, in particular, their left side between Maximilian Arnold and uh, uh, Bercalco, uh, Bercalo. And so I think it's it's been kind of nice to see that they've been getting these really good through ball opportunities and and. Um, uh, uh it, it's looked a lot better. I mean, I feel like they've had a couple of managers coming in there right now trying to do the same thing, but this one's like actually stuck. Yeah. And um, personally, I think it's it's also because they've got an American on the team. But, I mean, once you get an American on your team, I uh, mean, it, it's been, it's John been Brooks back. is the shit too. Like, you know I mean, I, like, I want to see John <laughs> Brooks and Matt Miazga as our center back pairing for the next five years. <laughs> Oh, that that'd be solid. I had the proof of that message. Um, yeah, so it's been it's been interesting to watch. I mean, right now, you know, I, I'm curious to see how it's going to hold up. I mean, they've got 3.45 expected goals, um, you know, and they've scored five. So I mean, they've been kind of overachieving a little bit. Um, but you know, you look at the rest of, of, of their stats and everything. I mean, 11.5 shots per game too. They've been holding about 52% of the possession. So, I mean, they, they've started to control it a little bit more. I think they play a little too fast and aggressive to really, truly maintain mm-hmm. um, possession. So, like, when they play uh, some of those other clubs, not – I mean, I, I mean, they, they, they were already able to, to stun Schalke and Bayer Leverkusen. So, I mean, I feel like they, they're able to hold up against some of the bigger clubs. Um, it would be interesting. I mean, it, 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 if, if you face a club that – can actually do something with the ball. I mean, Hoffenheim kind of comes to mind. Um, then they, we'll see how they hold up. But right. I mean, there aren't many teams. There aren't many teams, in my opinion, that can really uh, do something with that amount of possession. So I mean, they might be in a good good spot right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm curious to see if they. Hold. 
Yeah, I, I'm definitely curious too, just because, I mean, the thing is, there's, as far as I know, they're still managed by Bruno Labadia. And See, as and far as I know, done. Bruno Labadia has not suddenly turned into the German Rain Man. I don't, th- I don't know what the, I don't know what the, like the German term is for Rain Man. I just assume it's something awesome. Zivin Zivin Minuten Wapner or Wapner or is that how you say it? Something like Zivin that. Minuten zu Wapner. <laughs> but but yeah, so it's uh, it's it's like they have to, it's so hard because they have two statement wins to start their season, but they're also still managed by Bruno Labadia. Yeah, wake me up when September ends, right? Exactly. And then we'll see what happens with this. I want to give a quick shout because I'm looking at <laughs> numbers right now because I'm a stupid stats nerd. And it's funny because the yeah, top, we are kind of there are only three teams on the table right now whose expected points through two matches uh, are four or above. Bayern Munich is obviously one of mm-hmm. them. Schalke is the That's second not, yeah, one. Even though they lost uh, away to Wolfsburg, they uh, had 1.886 expected goals, held Wolfsburg to 1.31, and lost uh, at home to Hertha Berlin, who, by the way, uh, started off pretty decently. Uh, but they yeah, not got that one. And the, th- and the third team that has uh, four expected points is Nuremberg. Nuremberg actually mm. they lost yeah. one uh one 0 to Hertha Berlin, but they were about even on expected goals. You know, and it was a and it was a pretty solid match. I mean, against Hertha, it's always gonna be kind of a grindy affair. But they did they did all right for the most part. They they held their own in their first match back up. And then in their uh second match against Mainz, they absolutely dominated actually. Like they they had the run of play, 1.56 expected goals, holding Mines to 0.37. You know, it's kind of a shame that they couldn't that uh, they couldn't get the draw. Uh, they only got a draw because they, you know, looked really they looked really solid in that match. Uh, trying to pull up uh, real quick that yeah, they've held possession pretty well so far, where they've actually had more possession than their opponent in the past couple of games against a couple established Bundesliga mid-table squads. So I'm just kind of like, you know, I I like what I've seen from them so far, even if it hasn't translated to a lot of results. But their next couple matches are, again, are away to Bremen and hosting Hanover before they get into a kind of rough stretch. So I'm really looking forward to seeing them in those two matches and I hope they can get some results out of those to kind of help springboard because once they once they get into this stretch of Dortmund, Dusseldorf, Leipzig, Hoffenheim, that's going to be that's going to be a rough patch in, uh going into October even if it eases up a bit after that. Yeah, and I mean, there's obviously room for improvement with Nuremberg too, right? I mean, they're at 2.91 expected goals. So, like, you know, that right now they've got one. I mean, and it looks like they could possibly, you know, have done a little bit better than that. I mean, looking at how this team is set up in a 4-3-3, I mean, they've been playing fairly stereotypical German football too, you know, with this 
fast play down the wings and then, you know, trying to uh, cross the ball over and, mm-hmm. and everything too, you know, and, and I think right now the results haven't really shown it. Um, but, you know, I mean, they've done a pretty good job. I mean, you lose to Hertha. Hertha's been doing well this season too. So, you know, I, I think there's, there's potential with this team. Well, yeah, I mean, with the, the expected points right now, it, it that bodes pretty well. And then, you know, when you're looking at uh, their match against Werder Bremen, I mean, even though Werder Bremen plays a, a much faster tempo uh, football and they have a better expected goals, they also are not that strong defensively. Mm-hmm. So I think if Nuremberg can catch them off guard a little bit too, I mean, which they are pretty good at, and conveniently, if they can attack them on set pieces, which I think is a, a strong point for them, um, you know, you could probably catch Werder Bremen sleeping a little bit too. Uh this this goes pretty well. I mean, I think you know, with their style of play, um, uh, playing playing with this pretty fast football, which I think is something that Werder Bremen doesn't necessarily do too well, um, especially with through balls and everything. This could be a, a pretty sneaky upset. And then I think you get the ball rolling there, and like you said, before they get this rough stretch, um, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, they, they they could probably hang on a little bit better than uh, we were expecting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I I Definitely wasn't expecting anything great out of them. I I they'd finish 18th. <laughs> yeah. So obviously that, that would be nice. I yeah. But, I had um, a little higher, but like you know, it was it was tough because it's like I kind of liked their setup. I just didn't like it enough to put them over the established teams. So I'm you know I'm hoping they keep this up. I'm hoping that they can you know I don't know draw against Bremen and beat Hanover and then beat their uh, promotion rivals, that sets them up pretty decently to start with some moral, yeah, I mean, with that, some that moral victories and on some actual points on the board to go with the underlying metrics that say they should be doing better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, it, that's one of those things with these early metrics too, is it's, it's really hard to decipher anything out of them just yet. And you don't want to overdo it. And, and, you know, I, I think, at the moment, it, it's like okay, the, the signs point to they should be able to produce some some results, mm-hmm. and these numbers I, I feel like are, are within reach. I mean, just because looking at the the style of play that they've shown in these last two games, I think it's very possible. Yeah. Um, so, is there anybody else we should really be talking about? I mean, you know, you look at the rest of the top of the table, and it's like kind of teams we expected mm-hmm. to be here in a way. I mean, I guess we both kind of Hertha's kind of doing a better than expected. Um, you know, uh, uh, Hoffenheim, I think, is, you know, that it's a little rough because that, that loss to open the season, I mean, is against Bayern Munich, so can we really hold yeah, that against exactly. them? Also, because, also, especially because their manager is, like, already, like, out the door, basically, <laughs> at this point. Um, I don't know. I mean, is there anybody we should, else we should be talking about? Uh, on the good side? Uh... Because, yeah, I mean, on the bad side, like, it's really hard for me to say anything negative right now because, I mean, I feel like most of these teams are, are kind of performing as I would expect outside of Schalke and Leverkusen. I mean, Actually, I think those no, I've got, a, I've got a good shout for a disappointment because Leverkusen, Leverkusen is disappointing, but they've also, you know, Gladbach and Wolfsburg isn't the easiest start. Well, it, they should be doing a lot better, though. But I, it's hard yeah. to say two matches into the season. They also face Bayern Munich next, which is going to suck so badly. Yeah. But after that, yeah. they get Mainz and Dusseldorf. And then 
Uh, yeah, they get to, they host Dortmund, and then it's Freiburg, Hanover, Bremen. So like they'll they'll figure it out. The one I would like yeah, to yeah. point out to you, uh, okay, Stuttgart. Now, hmm. this is also somewhat skewed by the fact that they played Bayern Munich. However, uh, I would like to say that they lost away to Mainz to start the season when Mainz is a team yeah. I th- I thought would kind of struggle this season. You know, we both put them in 14th, and they're just one of those teams where they had so much turnover that it's impossible to predict how they do. But... Um, but they did lose some key players and all. So you'd expect Stuttgart to come out firing there and they didn't. And then the loss to Bayern Munich, like, yeah, it's Bayern Munich, but it was at home uh, and they uh, did not, not only did they not score anything, but they only had four shots and 0.1 expected goals. To Bayern, Bayern have 1.71 expected goals, but 24 shots and seven on target. They just got absolutely trampled at their own place, too. So, like, yeah, yeah. Again, two matches into the season, it's hard to make judgments about anyone. So, like, we'll, and they also play Freiburg and Dusseldorf next. So, like, they, there should be a bounce back, but I was disappointed with their couple matches to start the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, you know, they haven't really looked too impressive. I mean, you know, when you look at our predictions, and I've had them at 12th, you have them at 7th. So, I mean, I don't know, may, maybe. Uh, but, I mean, at this point, too, you know, with the way these teams are kind of setting up, I mean, I think when we look at losses at Wolfsburg, it's like, well, they look like a hot team, though. So, I mean, maybe they just caught these other two teams off guard. But, you know, and, and same thing with Leverkusen. I mean, right now, their expected goals allowed is 5.48, mm-hmm. which is, the worst in the league by a significant margin, which is just insane. But I mean, then you look at the next team below them and that's Hoffenheim and they're intense. So like, I don't know. You just need a couple things going your way with Bayer Leverkusen and maybe your results are different. So I, I could see that changing. Mm-hmm. Stuttgart, I, I'm not sure. And you know, when you look at this team and, and how they set up and everything too, like, I, I'm not sure that like, you know, when you're looking at like Mario Gomez and all this stuff too, what they're really expecting to do with this squad. I mean, yeah. a four-one-four-one or or a flat four-four-two. So I mean, they're they're, they're trying to play, um, um, you know, this fast pacey football and everything. But like, with who? I mean, you've got Castro, uh, uh, um, Gonzalo Castro, and like, you know, you've got um, uh, what is it, Aska uh, Kabar or whatever. Um, Aska, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he. Just the bar. There you go. Um, you know, they, they haven't really produced Jack. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't really seen anything that's been good. And, I mean, you know, you look at a lot of these names and everything here, too, and I'm like, yeah, they were good, like, a while ago. I mean, Christian Gentner? Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. What the fuck? But the one thing that I think, oh, Daniel Dadavi, like, there's all these names that I'm like, yeah, they, they probably. They've got a very interesting mix of, like, young guys and then a couple vets that are, like, so that's who you're going with. Yeah, but here's the other thing that's that's really annoying. I really like Benjamin Pavard. When I was watching him in the World Cup, I was stunned by this kid. I'm like, man, this kid's really, really impressive. And they haven't done jack shit with this guy. Like, he's clearly one of your best players. And when he was playing in France, he was playing down the wings. And he was so effective. Mm-hmm. And then, 
what they've done with him is like squadish. And what makes things even worse, maybe like he looked good because there was so much talent around him, and he comes back here and it's and you know he's got fuck all to play with, right. <laughs> you know. But I mean, he's working in tandem with like Insua like on the sides and like it's just oh god it's yeah that's got to be shitty to go from like winning the world cup to then <laughs> playing with this team mm-hmm. that's got to be disappointing i don't know i i just but i don't see what else this team's supposed to do because when you're looking at the the players that have gotten out like how do you make this work yeah it's it's just gonna take some time they i like they had such a great season last season where they really looked like they were building something and i loved the young guys that they brought in this transfer window it's just how do they fit everything together and recapture that magic i guess because we haven't seen it yet you know pavard has been good but he hasn't been you know like last season he was lighting it up this season he's been you know holding it together basically in the back line along with uh Mafeo. I don't like they they've got again, they've got this weird mix uh in the, like their midfield of vet uh midfield and attack of like vets and twenty one year olds and we have yet to see them really mesh again. Yeah, I mean I'm wondering uh, uh what's gonna end up happening with this this team then and, and like you know, you look at their upcoming matches here, and they're going to play Freiburg, and then they play uh, Fortuna Düsseldorf before they face um, uh, Leipzig in five days after that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be this mad blitz of games, and yeah, and then they go right at three days later to Werder Bremen. Like, it's just going to be this crazy onslaught of games. Yeah. But um, depending on what happens with those matches, I mean, to be fair, all of the teams are going to be suffering. So like right. a that's what happens when you start the season later. So I mean you kind of did it yourself. But then b you know you've got these two teams that are kind of struggling as well. I mean Fortuna Düsseldorf doesn't really have that great of a defense, and they're definitely. I mean they could probably be overachieving a little bit more on offense. So like if, if they can come up with some positive results against both of those teams, then maybe they set themselves into a better position. I mean I, I don't see how it happens after they play Leipzig and Werder Bremen. To be honest with you, I think you know, it's going to be weird, but you know, maybe once they start doing that and they pick it back up and they start, you know, kind of adapting to one another and can you know, develop some kind of chemistry then maybe they turn things around. But right now, I mean, they look really disjointed and I'm not sure that um, I can say much positive about this team. To be honest, Yeah. It's really kind of scary. Um, yeah. But I guess uh, that's not a good way to end this podcast. I was on that. So we should talk about something real positive uh, before we leave. Um, I don't know. Think of something positive. I'm positive that Leverkusen will do better after the okay, after after they get destroyed by Bayern Munich. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I think there's there's not much that anybody can do against Bayern Munich at this point. But you know, hey, maybe the international break was a nice little break away, and you know, all the Bayern Munich players basically played and you know internationally, so maybe they're going to be just a little too tired. Hopefully. Who knows? Maybe that'll work in your favor. You know what? I'm positive that there are some solid matches this week in the Bundesliga. Because, you know, know, there are are exactly two really good ones. Bayern Munich versus Leverkusen, even though Munich always crushes us. And your boys, Munch and Gladbach, are hosting Schalke. 
Oh, I don't know what to feel about Actually, that. Actually, mean, Shock is definitely one playing too, because you have the battle of the un, uh, two and O's, Wolfsburg versus Hertha Berlin. Oh, that's the match that we all knew was going to happen. Oh, that too. Yeah. And then you've got the uh, the match of the no, zero and twos between Freiburg and Stuttgart. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, somebody's going to come away with the result there, right? Exactly. Can't dunk. So let me look at know. let me look real quick at other matchups. Juventus versus Sassuolo is gonna be a fun one on oh, Sunday. Uh Napoli Fiorentina on Saturday. That uh, one should be pretty good. I mean, you know, <laughs> based off of what I see, I mean, obviously the Juventus Sassuolo one is gonna be I mean, that's the you know, one versus number two there, which mm-hmm. we all knew was gonna happen. Oh, um, absolutely! We shouldn't be surprised by that. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, I'd also, I'd also be curious to see if. I mean, I know it's Cagliari, but like, I'm curious to see how AC Milan's going to do because, like, Cagliari's had such a good man. Yeah, and you know, I mean, Milan. I, I think they had one of their games uh, uh, delayed or whatever. But you know, um, I'd be curious to see what they end up doing because you know they, that that loss to Napoli was just. Well, that was a bonkers game, mm-hmm. and then beating Roma, it's like so. I mean, I, I, I'm still not sure what to make of this team. So I'm, I'd be curious to see who, who's to uh, who, what the result's going to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you look at uh, uh, the La Liga too. I mean, I don't know. Um, I mean, Madrid's got uh, Atletico's got to get it going. I mean, they play Ibar. That could be all of those game. Saturday games are actually pretty decent. Sociedad versus I, I, Barcelona I, is. A, Okay, one even the Barcelona should romp. Well, Sociedad did pretty decently against them last year. Yeah, uh, exactly. You got Valencia versus Betis, and what should be a very positive, fun match for the neutrals. And Athletic Club versus Real Madrid at San Mames. That's going to be that's going to be expected. Can never never sleep on that match. Uh, That's for sure. I mean, Bilbao always brings it, whether they win or lose. But they they definitely will bring Mm -hmm. it. And Madrid's got a, a tight schedule coming up, so. Probably, probably want to put them away as soon as possible. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at the rest of them, I mean, maybe Sevilla Getafe. I don't know. That could be. That's that's a, not a that's not a bad one. Yeah, I mean, Girona Celta Vigo. I mean, I don't know. Um, but I mean, I think that we go over to Premier League and. Oh, I know, I know which one you're looking that at. Challenges, challenges. Yeah, man. Watford versus Manchester United. I mean. Look, Manchester United's got to get it going here, and it's the third Ooh. season of of uh, uh, this Mourinho man. I'm just telling you, it's gonna be crazy. Because did you see him basically like try to do some mandatory support from the fans after yeah. their, their last? Like that was the most surreal experience. Like after Tottenham won three nothing, and then just like going to the crowd there at Old Trafford and just staring them down with this like, "You will clap for me." kind of thing it was oh mortifying i was i was actually gonna mention the uh blockbuster southampton brighton match on monday because who doesn't want to finish the premier league a week with uh that but (laughs) the two the two interesting ones um manchester city versus fulham just because i want to see how fulham stacks up at the etihad uh it's not gonna be good bro it's not gonna be good good. But hey, not gonna be good. Manchester City's 0-1 and 0 against promoted teams this season, so you never know. You never know. That's fair. That's fair. And then fair. Uh, you know the challenges, Darby. Yeah, man. So far, so good for me this year. I gotta say, 
it's, 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 I'm already one to know. I feel I am, pretty good. Uh, and I do have to say at this uh, training program I'm in up here, uh, there's, I believe, two or three Tottenham fans, and I'm the only Liverpool fan. Oh, man. That's all right. There's going to be a lot of self-loathing going on. In that it's room. okay. I mean, it's okay because, uh, you know, I I was up against a couple Cowboys fans this past weekend and the Panthers won. Ooh. So also, it is, it is also not okay, though, because of all the Premier League teams, I think Arsenal has the most support here. And that it just makes me very, very sad. Well, they've got to travel to Newcastle and um... – and play the Magpies. That's, that's, that's actually interesting. an interesting matchup there. I will because say, Arsenal finally, you know, they're on a two-game winning streak right now. These are two teams that have a lot to prove going into this match. Yeah, and, and on top of that, I mean, especially with Arsenal's last two wins and everything, right? Like, you know, the, the one against West Ham was shaky, and then they, you know, there was a few minutes there where they actually looked like a competent team. Mm-hmm. But I mean, three-two against Cardiff should not happen. No. Um, but, like, I, I'm still, like, not entirely sure. Whereas Newcastle, you know, the three losses and everything, yeah, it sucked. But they've also been against some pretty good squads. So, like, if they can pull out something decent here, I mean, it's going to be, oh, man, it's going to be pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited to, to see what Piers Morgan's Twitter feed is. Like. <laughs> that's, that's all, that's all I'm about. Oh, man. Um, I, uh, one quick note before we sign off Absolutely. for the night. I, I, I got to say... I'm really, really annoyed with all these early games for Tottenham. Why has this been happening? Dude, like, I, I, I just want some sleep. I just want some sleep. Is that so much to ask? It's this is another rough, 7 o'clock man. game for us. I, and you guys actually had a couple early ones, too, actually, if I'm not mistaken. I remember the first time I went to the Liverpool bar in uh, Kansas City. It was for the season opener last year. And it was at si- it was waking up at six a.m. to go watch us draw three three with Watford, and I have never <laughs> been so thoroughly whelmed in my life. Wow. Just just oh, straight man. whelmed. Also very tired. It was yeah, it was it, it was not fun. At least the uh, move from uh, uh, Kansas City to Minneapolis is, is a lateral time zone wise. So, yeah, like, you're not. You should be accustomed to it relatively. Mm-hmm. So that should be. Too- I'm not sure if I'll wake up at six for this one, but I wouldn't. I might have to check out the Liverpool bar in town. We'll see. Yeah, man. You, you know, while you're there for for the, the month that mm-hmm. you're there, you got you got to. But uh, yeah, all right. So follow us on the Twitters at Challengers underscore Pod. You can also follow us on Facebook at Challengers Podcast. Um, yeah. Telling all your friends about us that we're back. We're gonna try to actually be consistent about this shit. Is that yeah. does that sound good to yeah. you? That sounds good to me. It sounds great um, to me. Yeah, you know, well, basically, you know, since since there was the move north for you know a couple months, it's you got to get your bearings straight. So I mean, we mm-hmm. understand that, right? And I think our listeners understand that. Absolutely. Too. They might not. They might not have known what was going on, but it's fine. And then we're gonna uh, just watch some soccer while the uh, hurricane comes and destroys the east eastern coast here. Yeah, um, yeah. I want to definitely be hunkered down uh, in my bunker uh, watching some football. So it's gonna be pretty great. I uh, can't wait. Um, yeah, that's the only football I've been watching this season. I didn't watch one single NFL game. I got into it just because the you know a lot of the session, a lot of. 
uh, colleagues are into it. So I was like, you know, sure, why not? There you go. Yeah, you know, and, you, you and gotta... we actually like won, so that's always nice. But that's always nice. Yeah, I think my team lost. I don't know. Can I still call them my team? Kind of. Uh, you know, air quotes. <laughs> air quotes my team. I still wear their stuff, so I guess I can. I mean, but I already purchased it, right? I'm not gonna burn it, you know. No, no, you're not. You're not, you know, like a Nike hater or something. <laughs> I mean, they've already got my money, so like, <laughs> it's exactly. not, there's no fun. Uh, but yeah, tune in next week, folks. Well, it's gonna be a good one. There's gonna be a lot to talk about. I can already feel it. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. But thanks for checking us out and uh, behave yourselves, boys and girls.